Bold and Blonde. Welcome to the Mindset Evolution Podcast. The podcast to get tools for a powerful mind you can use immediately every day. Get tips, tricks, skills and inspiration to create what you desire and achieve a content life wherever you are. And here are your hosts, Cathy Tate and Daisy Pub. And hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution, the podcast that gives you tools for a powerful mind. I'm Kathy Tate, your host from Australia, and with me, as always, is Daisy Papp, coming to you from America. Hi, Daisy. How's yesterday going? <laughs> well, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. And how's the future? Is it okay? Am I safe to enter the future? <laughs> <laughs> so far, so good, Daisy. Oh, good, good. So I'm very happy to hear that because it makes me sleep more comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is bright and early here and starting to warm up. Of course, we are in our summer, the opposite to you guys mm -hmm. over there in the Northern Hemisphere. Yeah, well, <laughs> so we are embracing the globe. And I am fascinated to just learn that we now have listeners in 86 countries. Thank you so much for sharing because we reach that solely with word of mouth. Solely. Thank you. Yeah. Quite amazing. We looked about a week ago and had 82 and all of a sudden four more countries have jumped on board. So we thank each and every one of you out there listening for sharing it with your friends, family colleagues, because that is how we have reached so many of you. Let's keep it going. My goal is to hit 100, as you know. I know, <laughs> I know. And this podcast <laughs> is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like our listeners. And as such, we urge you, please, dear listeners, to continue your support so that we can remain on air. It is podcasts like ours that continues to help listeners around the world to better their lives. Thank you. Yes, we do thank each and every one of our supporters out there. Please do what you can, whether it's donating the amount of a cup of coffee or it is sharing every week when you listen to the episode. All of it counts. All of it has helped us reach the world. So today, Daisy, I want to talk about a bit of a touchy subject, but a conversation that needs to happen. Mm. We're going to talk about manipulation. Okay, so I do not feel manipulated into this topic <laughs> because we both enter our conversations willing to speak about what you throw out there. Well, manipulation is a big thing. I think it is very worthwhile and urgent to speak about it. Not only is it present since millennia, but it is very obvious since a few years. It becomes obvious almost by the hour, more and more. And yes, let's speak about manipulation and how we can protect ourselves to the greatest degree humanely possible to protect ourselves from manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. And so I've brought it up because I am seeing it all around us on so mm. many levels, more and more. And especially the last couple of years, I have to say it's super alarming what I'm seeing happening. We're being manipulated at a mass scale that has never been so obvious before. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's been happening for a long time yeah. through the good old television 
But now it's happening in so many more arenas. And I think the more we're aware of what is going on, the better we have the tools to not be a victim of it. I wholeheartedly agree with you, wholeheartedly. I think it is important that we actually admit that we are manipulated, all of us. I include myself, although I'm very aware and I'm trying to be cautious and conscious about it. Now, what is it that manipulates us or how can we be manipulated? I think the number one cause to be manipulatable, I know that word doesn't exist, but... (laughs) Manipulative. Well, yes, but that would require my action. But being on the receiving end of the manipulation, so the ability to be manipulated, I think it is a human thing. It comes with being human, that manipulation exists. And the number one cause that makes us become more possible to be manipulated is fear. When I trigger fear in you, you're capable and you're willing to do so many things that you usually maybe would not willingly agree to. I just want to throw something in. I agree with that, but I also think it's when we trust the wrong people. There you go. I wholeheartedly agree again. So now how can we, on the one hand, increase trust and on the other hand, get out of fear? So these go hand in hand so that we can decrease how easily we will be able to be manipulated. So I'd like to speak about the trust first. I'm very happy that you bring this in. It's very important, very good thought. Trust is earned, period. And we were taught to gift and give away our trust already when we grow up as little ones. Oh, yeah, because this is uncle and this is auntie. And this is my dog. You can trust my dog. How can I guarantee that they are trustworthy? Because I cannot enforce and I cannot state certainly that someone will be trustworthy. Now, let's put it this way. I consider myself a very trustworthy human. Very. Now, it is maybe possible that I am victim, maybe at times or maybe in the future, where I could be manipulated in ways that We cannot even think about that might be through microwaves. I'm just throwing that in there. Or that might be to to food or to some substances that was added to my water I'm drinking. So I can guarantee that I'm trustworthy as long as I have a sane mind. Now, I cannot guarantee that I will remain sane for the rest of my life because I don't have that clairvoyant glass or crystal ball. I do the best I can, but I cannot guarantee that. But as long as my mind functions well, I am very trustworthy. Now, in order for anyone out there who hears me and hears you and hears our conversations and listens to them over two and a half years, maybe we build trust due to our consistency. We are consistently bringing help in peaceful ways, in smart thinking ways, in peace bringing, in building bridges, in no judgment. So let's stop judging one another or groups or communities or geographics. I do believe that we earned the trust of our listeners through our behavior. In the podcast, it's mostly vocal, it's audio. And some people who see us on video, then they also see us. So it's the visibility. 
nevertheless, when we were little, we were almost asked and sometimes we were also forced to trust the teacher or to trust the religious leader or to trust the neighbor. And we know what happens when some parents trusted their children into specific groups and then what happened to the children. I'm not going there, but we want to be more aware that trust is earned and let's stop giving it away. It's not a freebie that comes with our existence. 100% yes. That is exactly the point that I thought needed to be made about trust because we've been almost brainwashed to give it away. Yeah to institutions, to community groups, to organizations, to governments. They want us to blindly trust them so they can have their way. Mm -hmm. And that is not what a critical thinker does. (laughs) A critical thinker observes, asks questions, and then decides based on what they see, hear, and experience whether or not that other party is deserving of that trust. Now, that's exactly the key. So when we start observing other people's behavior, do they say what they mean? Do they mean what they say? And do they follow up with a matching behavior? Now, these are good points, I think, where let's say we have a little basket and we collect, aha, okay, Kathy deserved another trust point. And Kathy next week, she deserved another trust point. And last year, she deserved 365 trust points in my life. And the previous year, also 365 points. And before that, eight months before we launched our podcast. So you have lots of trust points in my bucket. So therefore, I speak with you freely in private. I share with you things that I don't share in public. I discuss with you concerns that I'm not raising everywhere, but only to select recipients. So you and I, we build trust over time. Now, I had a very interesting experience two nights ago because I was hiring a driver to bring me from A to B. And the gentleman was speaking English very well. He's not from here. And we started speaking about the podcast because I like to speak and ask whomever I meet, hey, are you interested in podcasts? Do you listen to podcasts to raise awareness that podcasts do exist? And especially, of course, that we exist as a podcast, the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution. And we started speaking and he said, yeah, well, but how can we change anything, let's say on a world level, on a global level, because many decisions are made not in our favor, but there's nothing we can do about it. And I said, I do not agree with you because we are many. If the numbers are right, we are almost 8 billion people. And when we just start rethinking and let's face it, people in the government, they're our employees. They're paid from the tax money. So when we just become aware of that, then maybe it becomes easier to hold them accountable or ask them questions and say, look, this is not what we, the people, want. So just on a side note, now the fear. The fear is on the other end of it. Many things are included what increase manipulation or the possibility to be manipulated. But one of the biggies is fear. So the moment when I push your buttons that cause you experience fear internally, it will alter your behavior, your thinking, your speech, your thoughts, your relationships, everything, your food intake, your 
water intake or not. I know of people, they stop eating when they're afraid. They stop thinking and remembering that, oh, my body needs hydration. So when we as humans, as the one human family who may feel that, okay, we are manipulated and I disagree with that, I want to do something that it will change and maybe be manipulated into good things. Because now manipulation itself, I don't like manipulation at all on no level. But when we inspire people, look, if you go for a walk three times a week, as far as you can go, and then you turn around or you even calculate, okay, so how far can I go to also come back home healthily <laughs> or make it home safely? Maybe I inspire them. They may feel manipulated. Oh yeah, because Daisy is going on a walk this and that often, or she's doing this and that exercise, or she's doing mindful exercises as well, because the physical body is only one part of the human experience. That is inspiration. So I think when we understand how we can distinguish between manipulation and inspiration. Now, I have no problem if a salesman or a saleswoman comes to me and they try to inspire me that, hey, Daisy, this is a great gadget and maybe I can inspire you so you can see that this will be very helpful for you. I have no problem with it. But the moment they try to manipulate me into it, I like to close down and I like to distance myself. I may still think about it because it's not the gadget's fault. <laughs> it's the salesmen and the saleswomen's fault how they deliver. I know of leaders who have great ideas, phenomenal mindset. They want to do good for many, but their delivery is just awful. They are really great candidates to increase the quality of their delivery and inspire instead of fear-mongering to manipulate people into a certain direction. Hmm? So when we become aware of the techniques the manipulators utilize, that is when we will be able to notice them much sooner, earlier, faster, and more effectively. Yeah, it's very interesting what you say about manipulation versus inspiration, because I can see very clearly that they're almost two sides to a coin, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. And they're both tools that are used to change our minds or to get an outcome that I guess is favorable to the person doing it. But there's a very, very big difference between manipulating someone and inspiring them. And I think perhaps the biggest thing that stands out to me is this fear. Mm. Fear is used in manipulation, but it is not used in inspiration. Would I be right in thinking that? Yes, I agree. Because now let's say I know that you are not hydrating enough. Let's say this is just an example. When I tell you, well, I'm doing now the mixture of inspiration and fear mongering. So manipulation and inspiration in one. Well, Kathy, but I think it is very good for you when you drink more and hydrate your body because then your mind even focuses better and you will have a better overall well-being experience because if you don't, you may kill yourself. Do you see what just happened? So I used both in the same sentence. I did that on purpose so it becomes obvious. Mm. Now, when I am able to deliver it in a way that is sincerely meant because I, one, have knowledge about it, 
that hydration is important, or I have knowledge that you don't drink enough. And when I catch you at the right moment where there's a little opening, then I may be able to inspire you. Now, I'm not trying to change your mind, your attitude, your behavior, your habits, because then when I already, as the human, trying to inspire change, the moment when I want you to do something, I'm more likely to use manipulative tools, techniques. Mm? So the freedom here is that when I'm really good willing, because I want you to be around for the next hundred years and in a hundred years, you and I, we will still do podcast recordings because we love doing what we do and people are listening more and more and we are serving the world. We are serving the human family. So did you say a hundred years? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like I'm going to live till I'm quite old. <laughs> yeah. Well, the problem is not the age. The problem could be the condition we're in at that age. <laughs> huh? So when we want to reach, let's say the goal, you say a hundred countries, I say, okay, we still record in a hundred years. So let's stick with that number. So then I think we want to support the goal so that it becomes more and more achievable and possible, probable. Now, when I want you to change, and let's face it, I could be wrong, but in my world, in my life, I don't want anyone to do something. I want to be able to inspire them, and then they decide if they want to participate, if they want to support, if they want to help, if they want to jump in, if they want to give me a hand, if they want to go for a walk together, if they want to maybe find out if we're capable of building a friendship. So I want to inspire, but I don't want you to be my friend. I want to see if you want to be my friend as much as I want to be your friend, just as an example. And then let's see how it goes. But I don't want you to, because first of all, why would I want anyone to be or do anything that is out of my control? And I do not want to be the manipulator. Yeah, so I think that brings up a good talking point where I think perhaps a lot of people have manipulation as a bit of a habit. Maybe we don't always know we're doing it because we've always done it that way. And I think it's especially obvious when you look at parents and children and how they're spoken to or how they're coerced into doing things or exhibiting what is supposed to be correct behavior. And I think it's important that we bring up this habit because until we're aware of it in ourselves, mm -hmm. we can't change the behavior and become more of an inspiration. And I think the parent-child relationship is the most important one in the world it is where that child forms his or her own version of themselves through watching the adults around them and exhibiting that behavior and then copycatting it. The parents are manipulating the children without any real thought to it because that's how they were brought up. Then we've got a nasty circle or cycle mm -hmm. that is not going to be broken mm -hmm. until we bring in this self-awareness. Mm -hmm. And that's another big reason I wanted to talk about this today because I think we could all be better. If we take these tools on board, we can have better relationships. We can have more genuine relationships. We can all be happier around each other because 
we don't feel like we're being manipulated or coerced into something. And I'm sure this happens in adult relationships all the time as well. It certainly happened to me in my last marriage where I was being manipulated and I didn't have the awareness or the understanding or the tools that I now have to understand really what was happening to me and how could I do something about it. And instead I had to leave because... Mm. I had no tools to fix it or to make it better or to even start to unravel what was going on. And I doubt that I am alone in that. And so I think that this is important to give our listeners some steps for self-awareness and then what comes next for them if they are now aware I am being manipulated. Well, it may be boring that I mention it again, but it goes back to the absolute basics. Know your values. When I don't know what I value, what characteristics, what actions, what behaviors I like and I approve of, not because I'm used to them, but what feels good, what I think is right, what I think it is something that I want to be done to me, and then I start behaving that certain way based on these values, then everything changes. I know so many people actually all of them who come to me for sessions or groups or whomever sees me for consultations, they all want change. They want change occurring outside. When you want to change something, change you. That's the short version of it. Because when someone is in, let's say in a cycle, okay, I don't trust you, but I still hang out with you, then it's not the non-trustworthy human's fault. It's my responsibility to set a boundary and to practice self-discipline because otherwise nothing's going to change. So when I don't change, nothing can change. Okay, let me clarify here. Yes, the weather changes and the seasons change and daylight, nighttime changes and maybe travel times change when we walk or we go with a boat or we go with a bicycle or with a motorcycle or with a car or with a plane or the helicopter and so forth. So these are things that change, but in general, and I rarely generalize, but when we seek to see change in the outside world, it starts here, starts within. It might be scary that, oh my goodness, now it's all my responsibility. Yes, it is. And you better make friends with it sooner than later because (laughs) otherwise you remain a victim. You remain a storyteller to yourself, telling untruthful stories And continue blaming others instead of starting practicing self-discipline after knowing your values. Yes, and not just blaming others, but blaming circumstances or the world. I mean, I was like this when I was young. I was a victim to alopecia and it wasn't fair and, oh, woe is me. And I was taught to be a victim to it because it was a disease. Yeah. But when I changed the way I thought about it and decided not to be a victim any longer, whether that meant being bald or wearing wigs or whatever that meant for me physically, the important part was is that I changed the way I let it affect me and the way I let other people 
Mm-hmm. reactions affect me. Mm-hmm. That changed everything. Mm-hmm. And that was all inside me. Mm-hmm. I just had to learn that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the most powerful tools we mm-hmm. can give our listeners is that very thing. Don't be a victim. Take your power back. It's your decision. Mm-hmm. It's the way you look at things. It's the way you assess them. And it's the way that you go, like you said, is this on my value list do I want this in my life? And if you don't, well, stop enabling it. Yeah. Make a decision about it yeah. and change your behavior because that can change everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a hard choice, but it's still a choice. Well, it's cause and effect. When you don't like where you're right here, right now, then right here, right now is the only opportunity and the only time in time where you can make changes, where you can take action. I think it is important to understand how you said it. You call it assessment. I like to also put it in a different word. I think we mean exactly the same, but the evaluation. So perception is one thing and then how we evaluate it. So good, bad or neutral. And as you like to say in many episodes, I heard you bring up that example that it's like a fork in the road and you get either a step closer to your desired outcome or a step farther away. And I understand it sounds so simple, but it is so true. Now, learning how to set boundaries is essential because when we understand the only place where I can make changes are within me. Let me clarify, if I want to have my flower bed a little further away or I want to plant a tree, these are changes that I can manifest outside of me. But I'm speaking about the human experience here and not the external world's experience. But when I want to make changes in my relationships and everything is a relationship, my relationship to food, my relationship to the birds, to the ants, to the sun, to the water, humans, neighbors, communities, leaders, colleagues, friends, family members. So when I don't like something, then number one is let's forget about that I can change someone else. I can when I fearmonger them, when I utilize fearmongering principles that cause fear in the other human, and then I can make them do something. And it's my decision. Do I want to participate in this game or do I not want to participate in this game? It's a soul decision. It's funny, that word, right? Soul, like solely, and the soul within. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's super important for anybody out there who's a parent to think about this because we do use fear-mongering with our children. Yeah. And I understand why, because you want to keep them safe. Yes. And you want them to act a certain way because that gives you more confidence that they're going to be okay. Yeah. But at some point, you have to trust that you taught them the right things, trust that you inspired them to have confidence in themselves and trust that they're going to be okay and whatever happens to them is part of their lessons. Mm -hmm. And that's not for us. Our lesson is perhaps letting go and being able to bring up this, I've always thought of it as bringing up little adults. A lot of people are a bit dismissive of children and especially back in the older generations when we were to be seen and not heard and all these sort of cliches were around what kids were just annoying. And But actually, 
kids are mini adults Mm. learning how to act and how to behave and how to interact with the world and what their place is in the world. And I think that if we gave a bit more respect to that and inspired rather than fear-mongered or manipulated, I think that they would be better adults. That's my opinion. I agree. There we go. I'm throwing that out there. (laughs) We'd like to know what you guys think, our listeners, because I am sure a huge percentage of you are parents and it would be great to get the feedback on Mm. whether you think that this is the right way to go and perhaps you can inspire a conversation with your children or Mm -hmm. perhaps your children are like ours and they're adults now. And my son started having his own family and will have his own opinions on how to bring up his children. And I think that the old cycle needs to be broken so that we have a better world for all of us Mm. and the kids of our kids of our kids. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think one more thing is worthwhile mentioning, that children learn most through observation and not what's told. So when we want our children to become respectful and kind people, then you parent, you better behave like a respectful, kind human because children observe. They look at it and they see it. Now, when you want your children to be honest and let's say you're in pain and you tell your child, no, I'm totally okay. That's already a lie. It doesn't mean that now I have to say, oh, yeah, I'm, oh, I'm in pain, I'm pain, in pain, in pain. No, I'm not talking about really being the crybaby as an adult. But yes, I'm in pain, but I'm okay and I will get better. So I think and so I feel. So when we want the young adults grow into capable adults that are capable of living a humane life with human values, then I think it's a good idea we start showing that to them. Live and lead by example instead of demanding. Yes, we have an old saying that I'm sure that you have heard too, monkey see, monkey do. Perfect, exactly. And that describes this perfectly. (laughs) Yes, good (laughs) point, yes, totally. Yes, so I agree. I think we need to acknowledge the truth of what we're going through, Mm -hmm. but not act like a victim to it. Yeah. Acknowledge, yes, I'm hurting or I'm in pain, Mm -hmm. but here's how I'm handling it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is what I've decided is the path for me to come out of that pain and be proactive about sharing that it's not about the pain, it's about how we pick ourselves back up because that's a lesson that a child needs. If they're going to become an adult that can deal with their own pain, they need to see how we recover, how we use our mindset to change things, how our behaviour is the real truth Mm. of us. I just saw a short video the other day where a little girl is standing on a scale. She couldn't speak yet, so she was not speaking. She was maybe a year and a half or maybe 14, 15 months old. And she stands on the scale and she looks down. She must have observed that because no one taught her, okay, so this is what you do. You go there, then you look down and then you do, oh my God. (laughs) So this little girl made this sound, although she didn't know how to express herself and she didn't most likely know what it meant, but she must have had adults in her environment or grown-ups in her environment who behave in such way when they stood on a scale. So it is important that we notice these. I wish I had a selection of these videos and show it to parents. So stop teaching your children without knowing that you're teaching them something that you 
actually don't even mean to teach them or to show them or inspire them to copycat monkey see, monkey do. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Maybe we can find that video and put it on our Telegram channel yes. where we hope you guys will all join us because we will be doing live calls in there. It is your one and only opportunity to speak to Daisy and I person to person without having a formal type of Zoom room or video call. So please do come over to Telegram. You can find us, just search Bald and Blonde. And of course, there's a link on our homepage at baldandblonde.life. Please continue to share our episodes. We are super happy that we've reached 86 countries. And who knows, by the time you hear us again, it may just be more. That's it from us today. We are Bald and Blonde. Mindset Evolution. Talk to you next time. Thank you for listening in to the Bald and Blonde Mindset Evolution podcast. Please share our podcast with your family and friends. Together, we make this world a better place. For you, for us, for future generations. Visit us at baldandblonde.live to get freebies, give feedback, and even support us with as little as $1. Talk to you soon.